Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith. Unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it. Ashton have won it. Hello, you're listening to the Match Day FM podcast and our preview of day three of the 2021 Cheltenham Festival. Joe Richardson, Harry Reynolds and Ben Wignall are here again. Uh, the Thursday can often be a bit of a make or break day with just uh, one day left to go. So we're here to help you out or maybe help ourselves uh, in finding those all important winners. So uh, let's crack straight on seven more races to get through and we'll dive straight into the first one. And it is the 120, the Marsh Novices Chase ran over two and a half miles. And it sees the return of, uh, back to Cheltenham, the very well-fancied Irish banker, Envoi Allen, uh, for uh, Henry de Bromhead, who's now, of course, uh, switched stables, as have all the Cheveley Park runners. He is a best price, four to six, uh, to uh, continue his unbeaten streak over fences. Uh, Shan Blue is next in the anti-post market at seven to one. Chantry House is eight to one. Chatham Street Lad, uh, a winner at Cheltenham in a handicap previously this season at ten to one. Latest exhibition is in here as well, but he uh, may well not uh, take up his entry. Again, we're recording this on the Monday uh, before, so uh, we'll know the de- declarations, uh, or you'll know the declarations for us. And Fusel Raffles is in for Nicky Henderson at 16 to 1 and it's 20 to 1 uh, bar. So, uh, boys, we start day three with uh, one of the uh, so-called bankers of the week, Envoir Allen. Any chinks in his uh, armour, do you reckon, uh, Ben? Or is, is this uh, a, a watch and see? I don't think there's any chinks in his armour. Um, he's done what he's had to do this uh, see this season he's won three times all pretty comfortably uh, I don't think the stable change will will affect him really it only happened a week and a bit ago so um, he should be fine um, I can't see anything threatening really like Shamblu got beat by Sporting John uh, last time Chantry House isn't really up, up to much um, yeah I can only see one result happen here and that's M. Wallen winning pretty comfortably. Harry, I think, um, is, is it fair to say that M. Wallen kind of does enough to, to win his races, but is is the argument that, you know, in terms of his career, he's, he's prolonging his career into, you know, multiple, potentially multiple goes at, at the Gold Cup uh, down the line. So, you know, uh, he will, you know, get a big lead in the fans over time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at his record, uh, certainly in his last six runs, there's, there's no double-figure length wins in there. He's always, as you said, perfectly just doing enough, um, never taking too much out of, him, out of himself. And hope, well, you'd like to think down the line, yeah, that'll 
that'll keep him going till he's 11, 12. Um, yeah, he's he's just the perfect racehorse in the end. Um, I don't see how anyone couldn't be completely in love with him. Like even even um, in his last race at, at Punchestown when Asterian Falange obviously came down and uh, brought down another horse. And they were loose the whole way around and in his way annoying him. And he never blinked, never, never jinxed at a fence. Um, he's just, he's amazing. And uh, I've never seen a horse like him, to be honest, let alone a novice. The way he jumps, Jack Kennedy doesn't, doesn't have to do anything on him. Just, he's just a complete passenger. And, and you can see when, when, he's, when he's given him a squeeze in his races, the response is always immediate and he just goes away. And yeah, um, I, I think four to six is... Uh, Significantly bigger than what he should be. I mean, these could be he could be three zen, couldn't he? Really, he's, he's unbeaten, point to point bumpers. Which, looking back, he probably had no right to win because he's gonna he's gonna have so much stamina, um, hurdles, and and now another chasing. Um, yeah, if he got beat, I, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably probably be distraught to be honest. I just I just think he's amazing, and um, I think he could be the next Africa. I've probably said a moment that caught my eye was last year in the Ballymore when he was he was third behind easy work in the the big getaway they were coming around the bend and they were both still on the bridle and, and on while and just he was just off it a little bit he was just trying to Dave he was trying to work him up and within about 10 seconds he was ahead of him and going over the final hurdle he was, it was very impressive and obviously he's not done anything wrong since and yeah, we. I hope that both, obviously, Monkfish and Onwell, and not just for like our own betting purposes, they they both come in pretty easily, and and then next year, hopefully, we get that that contest that we should all be looking forward to in the Gold Cup. Has he ever made a mistake as well, Onwell? And even over hurdles, or I don't ever remember watching. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, nothing, nothing's ever stood out. I genuinely don't think he's ever made one. Like, and that's this. He's had what not uh, seven starts over obstacles. And, yeah. and never made a mistake of any note. Serious, half half mistakes, nothing. He's foot perfect over every single thing he's jumped. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. Um, so uh, it, it, it seems stupid uh, posing the next question before we move on. But uh, what, what would you put to... Uh, well, it's not stupid. Who, who, who would you have to uh, run in behind him? Chumbly for me. Uh, he obviously won the, um, the quarter stand. There was Chase Kempton. Again, his jumping has been electric. Even in the Serie A, was when he was uh, when he was beaten that time um, by Sporting John, who runs in uh, the Brown Advisory, uh, novices chase. So that form could got a bit a bit of a boost by the time we get here. But um, yeah, Chamblou will be it will be favourite without on violin, but I expect him to be uh, the best of the rest of these. As I said, jumping is the name of the game, and he's so fast over his fences and and so nimble. Um, I expect him to frontman as well, and, and he should set it up perfectly for Onvalen just to come swinging around, jump past him at the home straight. I don't particularly have a strong opinion on who will come second, but Fusel Raffles has decent form, and like with good good in the description, he, he won his first two races over fences, with, uh, which were both good, and one of them was at, at Cheltenham as well. Obviously, he pulled up in that race in November, I think it was an Eldorado Allen one. That was a bit of a weird one. Um, he was never he, right that day, though, was he? He was never right. I was, no, he was, from a long I, way out. Uh, and that was, yeah, well, even there was a bit of soft in that. But, yeah, I mean, that was I, good I, I soft. Back, didn't I? I, remember you, I remember we obviously had a discussion about that then, and I, well, I personally couldn't see him getting beat that day, but 
um, from moment one, it was, it, was, it was never the races. But as I'm sure you're going to explain, how he backed that up straight away. So yeah, he, when he beat Chantry House, um, it was very whacked disappointing. Him. Absolutely whacked him. Yeah, very disappointing at Cheltenham out there, Chantry House, and I fancied him as like as a not as a obviously a winner. It's always what M. Wallen's going to win this, but as like a contender anyway, and he's shorter Chantry House than. Fusel raffles for this after he won last time at Weatherby. Yeah, eight to one, sixteen to one. It's very that's, weird. That's ridiculous. Why, why I don't understand he, what, that. What reason has he got to be double the price? Zero reason, and that's very, very strange. Um, so I'd fancy Fusel raffles having a decent run, but I don't think he'll. He might get close at some point to end Wyland, but he won't get close enough to win. Right, so uh, all of us going for Envoy LN uh, to win and uh, Harry's putting up Chamblou, uh to run on in behind him and Ben Fusel raffles. And well, the lads have exactly uh, taken all my thoughts on uh, <laughs> on this race. Uh, Envoy LN, just quickly, I'll just say, I think out of the three of these very good novices, Shishkin, him and Monkfish, uh, I think over his career, I think we'll probably be saying that he, he will be the best one. Um, over time but obviously we we shall see um and he wins here and he wins easily and yeah fuser raffles for me um in my uh look at the race before he ticked quite a few boxes course form two career wins one on the new course he prefers the better ground so hopefully it's dried out a little bit to good to soft by the thursday he beat chantry house as you said early in the season and he's doubled his price so again search me why that is uh, albeit Chantry House was a bit below par that day. And he's a grade one winner as well over hurdles. Um, and the last day uh, produced a career best on racing post ratings, beating Lieutenant Rocco, who was well fancied for the Ultima. So has come six, out on one since. Yes. So 16 to one. Uh, I think that's, that's all right. So uh, yeah, some uh, joined up thinking for the, <laughs> the first race of the day on the Thursday. Um I'm sure that will not carry on, but we'll see. Uh, the next race we're going to discuss is the 155. It's the Potemps final grade three over hurdles. Three miles is the trip. And uh, the market at the moment, the anti-post market is led by Imperial Alcazar. Five to one for Paddy Brennan and Fergal O'Brien. Uh, Champagne Platinum for Nicky Henderson at six to one. The boss's Oscar has been... Uh, well fancied for this uh, in the run-up. Uh, he's seven to one. Come on, Teddy for uh, Tom George, 10 to one. Brinkley and Mrs. Milner currently 12 to one. Southfield Harvest, 14 to one. Dandy Mag, 16 to one, and it's 20 to one uh, bar. And uh, there'll be a max field of 24 uh, for this race. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this uh, this race has had its criticism down down the years. I don't know if you lads are a fan of it, but uh, have you got a... Got a selection for us? Well, I don't think I've ever had the winner of this, so you can say I don't like it either. Uh, it's just there's quite a lot of hurdle racing. There's like three three different handicap hurdles um, at, the, at the festival, but the I think my selection is the boss's Oscar. I think a lot of people quite fancy him. He's top weight for this. Um Got decent form, second uh, behind Florian Porter, who's a fancy for the stayers. Um, that was back in December. He came actually second in his qualifier uh, for this. Uh, didn't just quite get in front of, of Dan Gimbag, but um, I don't think winners of the qualifier races have the best record anywhere. 
sometimes it's better to uh, just get in the top five or six or whatever it is in your race to, to qualify. Um, he had decent form last year as well behind some decent always like French Dynamite. He's got uh, Cheltenham form as well, fifth in the Martin Pipe uh, last year, the indefatigable one. So um, he's got that course experience and I think that he's got the He's obviously being top weight. He's got the class as well. He's just got to defy that. And uh, I think he, he should be able to. Yeah, I, I think the boss is Oscar as well. Um, even though he's top weight, I don't see that as um, as a problem in this race. Side of Berlin won the tough one five two last year and he's, he's only 1-5-1. I imagine they'll put Jordan Gainford on him. He's a £7 claimer and he looks like a promising jockey. Um, as Ben mentioned, the floor in Porter form, well, floor in Porter came out and won a grade one after that. So that's pretty solid. Uh, you we, you would say the boss is probably a graded horse and a handicap. Uh, Imperial Alcazar's short enough for me now at 4, one, four to 1 anyway, uh, as Ben mentioned as well. Uh, winners of the, the qualifiers are, have a pretty shocking record in this. Um, but yeah, uh, even though the boss Oscar got an extra eight pounds in the British handicap, which which hasn't helped, I still think he'll win this. Uh, in the mountain pipe last year, I don't think he jumped very well. I backed him that day as well. Um, but he was hampered at the last when there was a uh, there was a faller and he almost got brought down, I think. And uh, he was doing his best work at the at the finish. And uh, this race has sort of turned into a bit of a trial for the stayers hurdle in a way. And yeah, I think he, he, he's 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 definitely the best horse in here. Um, but yeah, it's it's weirdly a race I've done quite well in actually. I've been, the story for the second last year, so the bear the year before, and my first ever champion winner was Fingal Bay in 2014. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. the boss officer can add to that. There we go. And yeah, as as you said, it was a it was a good race last year with uh, two two of uh, the horses that we're going to come on to discuss in the Stayers Hurdle uh, very shortly. So, um, so you're both going for the boss's Oscar. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to worry now that we're going to tip a lot of the same horse in this one because I know we are in the next as well. I hope not. Well, well, yes, we are. What's the yeah in the rain? Eh? <laughs> it's, it's never it's never good when we when we start no. back in the same ones because we know what my looks like. Hmm. Uh, I have a slightly different uh, selection for you, and it's Spirit of the Games each way. Oh, Joe. Oh, never wins. <laughs> never well, wins. He loves he loves Cheltenham, and he's enough to not win there. Yeah, I know. Um, second in the Paddy Power Gold Cup over fences, but back over hurdles, his handicap handicap mark looks worth capitalising on. I think runs off one four one. Harry Skelton rides um, the drying ground could be an issue. I think he's he loves soft ground, doesn't he? But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, twenty to Do you one. Know his last win was Jay. Oh, I don't know. I don't care. Two years ago, October twenty eighteen. How many races won since the start of 2018? Uh, uh, one. One. Zero. Oh, you just said. You're going to you the world. Said... You'll get there one day, Joe. You're going to the world. Come for punishment. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I'm not a fan of this race, so there you go. I'll put I one up. I completely agree in that they should get rid of it. And if they're, we're going to get rid of one race for the Mayor's Chase, it should have been this one because to finish sick and qualifying here, it's, it's, it's a nonsense, but there Correct. we go. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. And then moving on then to race number three. 
which is the Grade One Ryanair Chase. What is part of? I think it's fair to say the the uh, the back to back of these two races. I I I love this. The um, you know, going from the Ryanair straight into the stairs. It's proper um, on day three and. The Ryanair this year, obviously over two and a half miles, is a bit of a tricky puzzle to solve. Um, right now, uh, your favourite best price is Alaho um, at a best price of five to one. Imperial Aura is next in uh, for Kim Bailey and David Bass at six to one. Uh, Min, last year's winner, is also six to one for Willie Mullins. Another Mullins runner is Mellon, who's been runner-up three times at the Cheltenham Festival. Eight to one, Fakir Dudari for Joseph O'Brien. Eight to one, about Mr. Fisher for Nicky Henderson. Eight to one, also about St. Calvados for Harry Whittington. And then we've got Sam Crow, 12 to one, last year's winner of the Marsh. Dashiell Drasher, 16 to one, the winner of the Betfair Ascot Chase. And then bigger uh, runners, Silos Emery, Kalashnikov and Real Steel are in there at 20 to 1. And it's 25 to 1, uh, the rest. But even so, it is really hard. And do you know what, lads? Um, I think it's fair to say that there are question marks about all of the uh, runners at the top of the market. Imperial Aura fell last time. Min was pulled up. Um, so, and St. Calvados as well. Uh, fell the last time so how do we go about solving this Harry? Uh, we start by saying and I, I should I should put a claim a disclaimer in now this, I have a very strong opinion on this race this is the worst market I have ever seen in my entire life um, as a min season ticket I would have disgusted to eat 6 to 1 I, I, like, I genuinely can't believe it I think that's that's a gift from the gods Alaho um, is, is just weak in top class races he's won Twice over fences, he won a, begin a beginner's chase and a grade two where he beat Ellie May. Now, in that race against Ellie May, he should have been given a seven pounds. He was only given a two. And that may have been very different if she'd got the full allowance. Uh, although that form, I imagine, will be advertised on Friday in the mayor's chase. But anyway, um, this race, of all the entries in this race, if you take out Min, there's three grade one wins between them. And all of them are Sam Crow. Not one horse in this race, other than Min, has won a graded chase and open um, uh, a grade one chase in open company. Why is he six to one? He's won five, I think, Min. Um, and that would have been a champion chase in there too if it wasn't for Altior. And there's no disgrace in giving second to Altior. I, 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 I'm baffled, absolutely baffled. Um, I imagine Paul Town and arrived Min. Uh, the, the run in the Dublin chase. I just think he's not a two-mile anymore and, and they were going too fast for him. Uh, Patrick Mullins did absolutely the right thing and pulled him up uh, when his, his jumping uh, just went all wrong because he was on the back foot. Um, Notebook was just going too quick for him, which would never have happened in the past in men. But uh, yeah, he's just not a two-mile anymore. And as, as we've seen in recent years, his best form um, has been over this distance. He did it in the Melling Chase at Ascot when he absolutely dismantled Politologue and never came off the bridle. Waiting patiently, he was in there as well. He's a, a great one winner. Um, in this race last year, the Ryanair, it was absolutely excellent. He bullied Frodon. He went on to win uh, the King George. Uh, Apple Tower was in third. Like it, the horses that Min's beaten, he is an absolute. He's in a different stratosphere to every other horse in this race. They, they've all got to go somewhere to get up to Min's best. I don't think Min has to run, run to anywhere near his best to win this. Um, 
You've got Mellon in there as well. He's won three of his last 21 starts. Never won a graded chase. Only won once over fences. That was a beginner's chase. He always finds a way to lose. Even last year, he was in front with a yard to the line and still got beat in the in the marsh by Sam Crow. Um, St. Calvados has never won over further than two miles. I think he's won once since October 2019. Again, always finds a way to lose. Uh, I think the best of the rest is probably Mr. Fisher, who I was really impressed with. Uh, in the Peterborough chase at, at Cheltenham, I, I think the track's perfect for him. Um, and the drying ground, even better for him. Uh, he got caught in a bit of a pocket last year in the marsh and would have obviously been closer with a clearer run. I think he's the best horse from that, the marsh last year, to be honest. Um, Sam Crow, well, it's, we, we once thought he was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. but um, No, we didn't yeah, think that. Upon the odds we, we did. But, well, we being the racing public in general. But I mean, we, <laughs> we, we, hoped, like, we hoped he was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Obviously not. But, but anyway, he is the only other horse, as I said, in this race who's actually bothered to win a grade one so um i respect him for that but no i i mean uh, yeah i, I as, as you can probably tell by the way i've ranted on about this i'm completely and utterly disgusted and and the fact that min is so overpriced is starting to make me question whether he's actually going to win or not or whether i'm i'm being an idiot but um yeah six to one on min is is disgraceful like if he places you're actually going to make money it's bonkers he, he should be like two to one three to one for this max um, yeah, Min, all in on Min um, as the chairman of the Min fan club. I absolutely love him, and I think he'll win. Okay, uh, that was uh, Harry's view. Uh, ben, um, do you share uh, the um, bullishness about Min, or does that last day performance so close to the festival concern you enough to not back him? Well, as a min, I am a min backer for this race. But what more can I say than what Harry said after his his little rant? He's he's, he's basically covered like every single every single facet. Um, yeah, saying you fired a bit. I mean, I, I that's been building up on me. I had to get it off my chest. Yeah, I can tell. Um, yeah, it was it was a um, good bit. Got in, it ended up pulling up, but he didn't make a few mistakes um, over the fences in the Dublin chase. So you can understand why, but it means it'll, it'll be fresh for this race. Um, I suppose you'd rather him pull up, wouldn't you? Yeah, we well, don't want him to go off in favour run and then end up falling or something and, and hurt himself. So, um, 10 years old now, he's the oldest horse in this race, um, but he he won the um, Punchestown earlier on, it seemed, in the, in, the, in the race that no one saw in the fog. The John Durkin. Yeah, the John Durkin, yeah. Yeah, so um, he's, he's still got it. it the top level in um, which Alaho put in an absolute stinker apparently he was 30, 30 yard lengths behind wasn't he apparently yeah. according to uh, not the, the, people who could actually, the people who could actually see um, but yeah I don't agree with Alaho being at the top of the top of the market uh, I think it's a bit of a stinking stinking choice um, Imperial Law is impressed in the uh, Ascot but obviously only real uh, be itchy feet, real steel who aren't amazing markers. Obviously, I know real steel was running decent in the in the gold cup last year, but then uh, I think was he bleeding after that race? I think um, he's bleeding after one of his races anyway, but he, he ran okay in the gold cup. Um, as a Kim Bailey fan by Harry, I thought you'd be giving more of a talk up, but when well, you... I, I'm a min seed picker, I was explained that I, I Imperial or could. Very well, went well, but I'm, I'm concerned about his um, his form this season. To be honest, there, uh, obviously in that novice 
uh, handicap last year. He beat Galvin, which is good form. But this year, as you just mentioned, like beating Itchy Feet, who was so bad over fences that he's ended up going back to hurdles. And um, Real Steel, who was massively flattered in that gold cup because they walked around. If they'd gone a proper pace, he would have been pulled up with about a circuit to go. Uh, it's that's that's nowhere near good enough, and it, it, it's not ideal. And seeing it, it obviously wasn't a, a bad fall or anything. He just took his off the fence, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it, it seem run well, but I just don't think he's anywhere near as good as him. Yeah, me and I mean, some of the horses at the bottom, obviously, see like Emery won't be good. I think he's going to the champion chase, isn't he? Um, um, there's like Fanny and Destravel and others down at the bottom that I don't think have a chance. Um, yeah, it's Min for me, six to one. That's a very good price. Um, hoping that obviously last year he just held off uh, St. Calvados uh, to win. Good front running performance. Hopefully he can he can do the same this year. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> um, if 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 I don't, if I don't back Min here, I'm going to sound like a complete idiot, aren't I? But but I, I, I think going I know who you're going, going back to, to because you've backed him before. I think I think you're going to back Mellon. Yep. Yep. Uh, all day long. Um, <laughs> My God, Mellon and spirit of the games. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, but you're getting your well, yeah. I I, I, I can't watch. I, I can't, dis- I can't was... disagree with anything you've said about yeah. me. Right. I mean, on on ratings and on Grade One wins, he just wins hands down and I, I backed him last year because he was overpriced against Apolutari who was obviously well well punted on the day but Mellon always runs his race and 7-1 to one each way is just absolute is just an absolute steal he will not be out the first three I don't think he just, it, like that that's uh, running the marsh last year he ran a jumper was so good so good yes he got beat but we always talk about festival form and and Mellon's, Mellon's the prime example. I'm on at, uh, I think, 12, 14 to 1. So. Well, what I was just going to say is if he was a double-figure price, it'd be, it'd be an interest in each way bet for me. Yeah. Although I completely agree. It, well, he doesn't really run a bad race, does he? He's very he's consistent, consistently placed. Yeah, like he's a I horse mean, you'd, you'd want to own because you always get a run for your money with him. Oh, yeah. But when, I mean, when you, when you keep finding ways to get beat, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. Um, it's, Maybe if you want to forecast, so if you want to throw in a forecast, Mellon's going to be top of your shortlist for horses who's going to be hitting the frame. Yeah. I, I mean, this this race is, I think it is the hardest race uh, for me. Um, I, I, I think it's, you, you can make a case for quite a few. Oh, though, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> you lot haven't. You've, you've gone concentrated <laughs> on men. So, what am Do I? Do you know what? About? It's probably the second best race of the week now for me. It's a good, it's a good in race. Terms, in terms of, the amount of horses who, maybe it's, aside from me, there's people putting claims in for a number of these horses. It's probably the most open. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's outside of the Gold Cup. Oh, the Gold Cup's the pinnacle, obviously, and, and obviously we've had defections from other races that have sort of spoiled it a bit better. And I mean, Altio obviously getting the out, and uh, Time Hill also out of the stairs, as we'll come on to. Um, this is the... the Maybe got the most depth to it of, of any of the races this week. Yeah, I'll say one more thing on Mellon. The uh, the run last time uh, just didn't suit him at all. He has to be bound off in in front, and he has to lead um, and dictate. So uh, yeah, Mellon and oh no, I, I don't even want to say a, 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 another little 
tiny each way value on, on, that I wanted. I I thought I thought real steel was a little bit overpriced. Considering how well he travelled in the Gold Cup last year and back over his preferred trip. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep it at that. You can stay, you can remain silent. That is absolutely fine. <laughs> uh, moving on to the 305, the Paddy Power Stayers Hurdle, which is over three miles and uh, runs uh, just after the Ryanair. So, uh, Great race in prospect, despite Time Hill being pulled out. And Ben has the runners and riders for us. Indeed. Um, Paisley Park is leading the uh, market. They're winning from two years ago, um, 15 to 8. Uh, in most places for Emma Lavelle and Aidan Coleman. Uh, second is Saida Burley, uh, 9 to 2. Winner at the festival last year um, under the care of Denise Foster now. Uh, Roxanne is at 5-1 to one, but she won't be going for this she'll be going for the, the Mare's Hurdle um, Florian Porter uh, a winner this year uh, over in Ireland at Leopard Town over Christmas 7-1 to one for Gavin Cromwell last year's stays winner Liz Nagroska 8-1 um, to one for Rebecca Curtis Harry Skelton's uh, jocked up on him uh, Vindication also interestingly reverting to hurdles um, after a few runs over fences, he's eight to one for Kim Bailey and David Bass, who've been a, a deadly combo this year. And at tens, we've got Fury Road, who was in that big battle uh, in the in the Albert Bartlett last year uh, with the eventual winner Monkfish and Time Hill and latest exhibition. Uh, he's ten to one, and also the storyteller uh, has won a Grade One this year over over fences, but again reverts to hurdles like he he does a lot. He's also ten to one, and then it's. Uh, 14 to 1 by so yeah so the stayers hurdle uh, cut up a little bit with um, Time Hill out which is a massive shame we wanted to see Paisley Park v Time Hill round 3 after um, seeing them backlit out at Newbury and uh, Ascot where it was 1-1 so <laughs> ends a draw for the season how boring um, but yeah Paisley Park is now a very short price um, is he are you, are you taking him on Harry uh, I'm kind of torn. He's, he's the most likely winner of the race now. He's clearly the best stayer that we've seen over hurdles out of these. And if he runs to anything like the Ascot or in his race two years ago, he'll win. Florian Porter is going to go good gallop and set it up for him. I just worry we had the same last year when Apple's Jade went off absolutely mentally fast. And he got he kind of got caught out of position as they turned in and never got going. And I don't know, they they obviously found a hard good relation after, wasn't it, or something? Certainly an issue with him. And that that sort of thing could play up again. He's a nice price that I was expecting when Tommy came out. He'd go close to six to four, so fifteen to eight. I think is very fair. I'm kind of interested inside of Barry. I think you can forget the run. At Leopardstown at Christmas because the race didn't really didn't really suit him. I don't think he was fairly far back and he, he won the potential last year. He clearly goes well on this course and distance. Um, but I'm gonna go for vindication. I think certainly each way and you should get extra place on this. Uh, David Bass said it's it's like his big bucks moment when he fell in in the Hennessy as as it's now the the Lambert Trophy and ended up going to this and. 
I, I think it's fair to say the chasers are a better horses than than hurdlers. They're certainly more talented. And um, I've always been I, always been the impression of indication he could be a very very good horse. And yeah, I I think I think he I think he could win this. Um, it's worth saying that as a novice hurdler, he beat Champ, um, giving him six pounds. And Champ went on to win two Grade Ones and finished second in the Grade One as a novice hurdler. So where he is now, that level of form. Because vindication right towards the top of the market for this, I'd say, and he's he's overpriced eight to one, and I think he'll go really well. Ben, what about you? What's your uh, main angle on the stayers hurdle? Well, earlier in the season, I fancied Fury Road after he won at Punchtown in a great two, I think it was, and uh, well, then I was disappointed with him when he came fourth behind Florian Porter at Christmas uh, in a Christmas hurdle at Leopardstown. Uh, and I was even more disappointed when he got beat by Beacon Edge uh, in the boy, and I thought he was really going to uh, win that day. Um, not to say Beacon Edge is not a ter- he's like a terrible horse or anything. He was only a, a length of honeysuckle back in uh, November. Um, won a few races this season, but he's not like a kind of like a standout horse or anything. So that had kind of put me off Fury Road, and it's dragged me more back towards Paisley Park again, after, especially after what he did at Ascot in the long walk. Um, he was off the bridle, much like he was in the in the stays in 2019. He was like off the bridle quite a long way. He was well behind. Um, final few films just made up so much ground, and I thought it was time Hills just was was just going to ease to victory, but it wasn't to be. And his apart made it one one after he came second to time Hill at, at Newbury in the. Uh, in the long distance hurdle. So that was, was really encouraging to see from a, a, a fan of Pacer Park. And 15 to 8, like Harry said, I think it's a good price. Um, of the others, I think Liz Nagroski, with a shot winner, wasn't it, last year? Um, no one really expected him to win. He came second to third win last time, and that kind of form isn't going to hold up here. I don't think he'll... I think that the likes of Fury Road will will be ahead of him this year. I think, and I think just I don't know the storyteller is definitely going for this. Um, yeah, he is. Oh, is he? Well, ten yeah. to one. I don't think that's a bad price uh, for an each way. That has been the, the wise guy anti post election in recent weeks. He was a lot bigger than that. Twenty-two yeah. to one's better, Ben. Is that what you've got him at? Yep. Oh, that's a a good shout. The, um, only, the only concern I have on the storyteller would be that. Um, he couldn't beat Sada Bale last year, getting three pounds, and uh, they're off level weight now. Mm, yeah, but I don't, I don't understand why he's flip flopping between, you know, chasing and, and hurdles. Like he won a Grade One chase, he won the Champion Chase at Dan Riley back in October, and then he immediately switched back to hurdles, and then went back to chasing last time, didn't he? In the Irish Gold Weaker Cup. division, isn't it? Weaker division. Yeah, he's. I would like to see him stick to one consistently, but I think he's a a good shout for an each way. Like Joe said, you've got the price, uh, Joe, at 22, so you've got the value there. Um, apart from perhaps them two, obviously vindication, like Harry said, with the he's he's unbeaten over hurdles, isn't he? For me, yeah. his yeah. debut season, so he's very interesting coming back into his discipline, but. There's just something dragging me to Paisley Park. Yeah, I don't like backing loads of favourites, but it seems to... I just keep getting dragged towards them. 
and Fraser Park would be the one for me, but maybe I will have a little small saver on the Storyteller as well on the day. So Paisley and the Storyteller for Ben, and Harry, you're going for? Vindication for me. So yeah, I, I've backed uh, the Storyteller, as, as you have said, and I've got Paisley Park and another multiple. So hoping that those two can do uh, the business. It's just, it's just a bit of a shame that time holds out. Well, it's a big shame, to be honest, because yeah, it, yeah. it, it, um, it was looking like it was going to be uh, one of, if not the race of the week. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's still a good race, still very competitive. Um, plenty of um, horses in with a shout. So uh, won't, uh, won't really put you off anything, to be honest, in the Stayers hurdle. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media. Next up is the Paddy Power Plate Handicap Chase Grade 3 over two and a half miles. Um, and anti-post the favourites or joint favourites at the minute are conflated and uh, you guessed it, the shunter is in here again uh, at uh, at seven to one, uh, one of his many entries. A wave of the sea, Joseph O'Brien is in at eight to one. Caribbean boy uh, for Nicky Henderson is eight to one. Far class, eight to one. Feast of Derry and Umbregado are 10 to one. Mr. Whitaker, 12 to one. Fanny and Destreval, 16s assemble at 18 to one and it's 20 to one bar. Uh, again, difficult to know uh, who exactly is going to be uh, running in this one. Uh, so, any strong opinions? Not, not particularly. Um, <sighs> Firecloud, I've backed a couple of times this season. He's been very disappointing. Um, Conflated has been well supported. I think the two I'll probably go for, even though I'm going to need an absolute monsoon to get them involved would be Feasty Dairy and Assemble. Uh, the, the, the former, as I mentioned before, chased down on YLN. He's been in with Monkfist this season and Cole Reavy and off the mark of 145, carrying only 11 stone. I think he can go well and, and hit the frame. Price has kind of gone a bit. I imagine people have latched onto the same angle that I have. But a lot of his forms on very soft or heavy. Well, a lot of it's on heavy, actually. So, um they could get the watering cans out Wednesday night that'd be absolutely fantastic and the other one um, considering his last two races have been fools but again beyond violin form um, second in the grade one in that in that dream was Assemble he's since fallen twice as I mentioned but um, he's only he's in off 148 and he probably ran to a better mark than that when he was up against on violin um, yeah fallen last twice but I don't know 20 to 1 I think that's fair, fair compensation if he was to hit the deck again. But yeah, not a race I'm um, enamoured with. Never am I. Um, but I've picked out a wave of the sea as one of them. I've got two. Oh, you picked the favourite? How'd you do that? Uh, as far as I can tell, he's not the favourite on my screen. Um, he's eight to one on the racing Well, best, best joint joint favourite, best price then. Well. On Sky, but he's not favourite, so I'm not having that. Um, you've completely thrown me off now. Well done. <laughs> uh, I don't have 
it's like a strong opinion of like the race, but this horse was campaigned very actively this year, like between June and December. Uh, and then he won a, a grade B handicap at the uh, Dublin Racing Festival. Um, he got raised nine pounds to that window, so he's he's coming on coming into this. He'll he'll he's guaranteed to get in a race. Um, but I think he'll be very competitive even with that that race mark. But there's also another horse in here who is fourth in the weights and he's got decent form on good ground and good to soft and that's Mr Whitaker and yeah I think he's got a good chance as well um, he runs his race quite a lot uh, he's got Cheltenham form he's two pounds down from the mark he had last year when he was 30 simply the bets in uh, what race was it uh, Harry this race. this race oh was it right okay yeah um, he, he won in the festival in 2018 as well won the odd novice handicap he did um, so he's, he's third in third simpler to bets. He's very good for him and being two pounds down this year, surely it gives him a, a good chance. Um, yeah, them they're too epic. Uh, I don't know who I'd fancy more. Um, I'll go with Mr. Wicker as the top pick all the way over the sea, but I'll probably back them both. Mick Shannon, good man yourself. Um, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Mr. Whitaker for Ben and Harry went for Beastie Dairy and Assemble. But uh, but Ben's got me interested in Mr. Whitaker actually. Um, yeah. I think that's a it's a pretty solid pick. So, might might well I did, we'll see how we go in the first two days. But uh, that I think Mr. Whitaker is very interesting, especially given how he ran this last year. Yeah. Uh... I don't have a pick really. Um, I uh, I was looking at Mid- Midnight Shadow, and then he's pulled up the last time, so I've no idea why that would be. But uh, loves Cheltenham, but uh, yeah, probably can't back him. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. The penultimate penultimate race on day three is the Mayor's Novices Hurdle over just over two miles, and uh, your anti-post favourite at the minute is, uh, well, it's joints uh, between hookup for Willie Mullins in the colours of Rich Ritchie and Royal Kahala for Peter Fahey. Uh, nine to two, so it's an open market. Rosie's Hollow, uh, Jonathan Sweeney trains. Five to one, Galois, another Mullins uh, runner, eight to one, along with Glens of Antrim also for Willie. Uh, the Glancing Queen is 10 to one. And it's Riviere Detail and Sky Ace at 12 to 1, 14 to 1 uh, bar. Um, it looks like Concertista obviously won this race last year. It doesn't look like there's a standout uh, this year. Um, hook up another Mullins uh, favourite. Is he opposable? Is she opposable even? I think she is. Uh, she, she'd be my pick, but it's not one, again, that I'm, um, I'm massively enamoured with I think William has run has won every single renewal of this race um, even uh, most years he's had, had a, a, I think he had Limini he had Let's Dance he had Lorena so there's nothing of that in here I think that's fair to say but he, the other year he had Eglantine de Soy who was 66 to 1 or 50 to, well anyway he had the front, front two of Eglantine de Soy and Constantista and it was Constantista's first run of hurdles and they were 50 and 66 to 1 respectively 
So he's got an absolute monopoly on this. Um, that's one reason I've sort of gone with Hookup. Uh, the other one is, uh, even though she was beaten by Royal Kahala uh, at Fairy House in January, that was over two and a quarter miles, I think two miles of their trip. She ran really well, but I'd appreciate it last time. But she also absolutely hammered a horse called Garda So on a seasonal appearance uh, this year. And Garda So has since won twice, and he won on the bridle in a, a decent race on, on Saturday at, at Navin. Um, so that's that's pretty good form. Um, Galois was a bit of a talking horse, but yes, yeah, I was disappointed with her. Um, she ran behind Rosie's Hollow and Royal Kahala. So there's a weird form link. Um, and Royal Kahala didn't really run a race that day, but she's much better off at the weights with Rosie's Hollow now due to the conditions of the race. Rosie's Hollow's got to give her five pounds. So that would probably swing me towards Royal Kahala. And the fact that Royal Kahala will, will enjoy the, the better ground better. But um, another one of Willie Runners who's definitely not out of it and has, there's been a bit of support for, for this one is Glenda Vantrum. She uh, she's made actually, but she's been behind Blue Lord Statler, only beaten three lengths by Statler, and a horse called Mister Incredible who has got form with Gaia Domeni. So maybe the price has gone a little bit on, on her now. She's down to eight to one, but um, very competitive race. And uh, the Glancing Queen, if you like Brave Man's Game, I'd say you probably have to like the Glancing Queen to try and hold up the form from that ch- that cello. Um, and she's not a bad price now at tens, but. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the sort of top five or six in the market won this. Uh, maybe the exception of Rosie's Hollow. But um, an intriguing race, not one I'll be massively um, invested in. But uh, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say hook up. Yeah, it's a tough race. Uh, ben, have you solved it? I wouldn't say I've solved it, but I'm probably going to side with uh, Galois, however you say her name. I think that's is that a, an okay pronunciation? Galois, I think. Galois, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's that. third behind. She's third behind Rosie's Hollow in Royal Call, like Harry said. Um, she was three and a half lengths, in fact, behind Rosie's Hollow. And that day, Rosie's Hollow had three pounds um, on Galois and now do off level weights. So I think it'll be the closer and if not Galois winning, uh, sorry, getting past her. But what Harry said at Glens of Antrim, I didn't even consider her um, beforehand. I was going through a lot of these horses and just weighing them up. It didn't really tickle my fancy, but uh, that certainly intrigued me. But I'll just stick with with Galois. Um, it's not a very strong selection, but at 9-1, to one, I think she's she's got a bit of each way of value and she's got the, uh, the Willie Mullins uh, factor, uh, obviously winning this race five times out of five. So, yeah, I'll go with Galois. Yeah, uh, again, um, wouldn't have a massive opinion. It uh, looks quite a tough race, but uh, I would uh, side with uh, Royal Kahala uh, for the reasons that um, Harry touched on, the uh, the five pounds that uh, she's getting to reverse the form with uh, Rosie's Hollow. So uh, Royal Kahala for me. And finally, it is the Kim Muir Handicap Chase, uh, which is over... Just over three miles. And, uh, well, John Joe O'Neill has got some uh, quite fancied runners uh, this year at the uh, Cheltenham Festival. And this is one of them. It's time to get up at five to one. Uh, and in behind him is Daisha Abba, eight to one for Philip Hobbs. Hold the note, eight to one for Mick Shannon. 
Uh, and then you've got the likes of Morning Vicar, Plan of Attack, Shantu Flyer, all at 12 to 1. Mounta Ida, 14 to 1. Bob Marler, 16 to 1. And it's 20 to 1 uh, bar. Um, ben, we know you like to get up in the morning uh, early. So are you backing this? <laughs> well, I didn't used to. Um, I am not back in time to get up. Uh, obviously, you know my loyalty to Trevor Hemming's horses. Um, DSAB is in here. Uh, that's not my pick, though. Um, even though he won last time pretty well at Sandown, beat Coolstar Civilly, didn't he? Coolstar Civilly, sorry. Um, that was his his first win for a year. But I'm going, and I hope she runs Mount Ida. Um, the fact that she's twelve to one and the credentials she's got doesn't make me confident that she will. Um, but she beat Scarlet and Dove earlier in the season in a grade three by four and a half lengths, and she's gone on to she won a grade two this this weekend pretty easily. Um, so that's a, a decent form line, and Matt Ida also came second behind Cole Reaver, who contested the, the Merce chase on the Friday. She was 12 lengths behind that day. He's Cole Reaver won pretty easily, um, but I still think Matt Ida's got the very good form and if she takes a, a big field handicap um I think she could take all the beating but like I said if she if it's all about if she actually goes um she's she's not uh, entered in any other race at Cheltenham but she is rated uh, sorry um entered at Kempton uh in the silver bowl yeah I noticed that earlier there's a lot of 64 entries in that at the minute um yeah, hopefully she goes. And if she doesn't, then I'll probably go with my uh, my Hemmings connections with Des Arbor. But my first pick is is Matt Ida. Thoughts, Harry? Uh, not a race again. I'm really in the fair gauge, but the damn screw for me. But the, I think the whole beauty of this race was the fact that it was the the amateurs and the qualified riders, like Jamie Card and Patrick Mullins and. Normally, I just follow one of those, and you, you won't go far wrong. We haven't got those this year, so uh, Ben's probably sold me a little bit again there on Mount Ida. Um, that's that's the best form in here. And beyond Cole Reavy last time, she was off the bridle the whole way around. Uh, was beaten miles out and, and stayed on past everything to finish second. So I think the step of interest will suit her. The other one I would probably do is Kilfilm Cross. Now, Kilfilm Cross. It's a bit like your your friends, Joe from earlier, they'd never win. But at 20 to 1, uh, this horse has been second in this race for the last two years. Um, since then, though, form has been 4p, 7p. So, I don't know. A speculative punt, but it's £3 lower than when second last year. So, that might be the other angle. And has a claimer on, Alex Edwards. Yeah. So, even yeah, so even more than... Um, in fact, no, sorry. Uh, no, Alex Edwards rode, rode, rode him last year. So, forget that. Um, any difference, but yeah, still three pounds lower, so maybe a chance. And clearly, quite like Cheltenham, but um, yeah, not one again. That um, I think my enthusiasm kind of died with what I invested into Min earlier, so after <laughs> after re- re- uh, restore yes. the old energy before we start the Friday preview, it's like, yeah. oh, there we go. Yep, uh, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. This, this, yeah. doesn't, this doesn't interest me at yeah. all. It's not I think, often. Yeah, so I, I, to be honest with you, I think, again, I think Ben's made a really good case uh, for Mount Ida, and that would probably be my number one pick now. 
It's not often I sell you on my uh, opinions on horse no, you've races. You've done well on a couple of them, actually, Ben. Um, mm. Although after what you did to famous tips of Steve Palmer, I do wonder wonder what you're going to do to these horses. <laughs> yeah, the the golf's not really uh, gone my way, but so uh, the Masters is next month. So hopefully I'll take some me me hopeful Shelton winnings and go and spend them there. Oh, speculative. Uh, so it's come around to best bet time on day three. Go for Ben first. Um, best bet day three. Uh, well, I'm not going to go Envoilin because that's an absolute cop out. Um, I'm going to go for let's go with Matt Eyed each way. Um, very convinced on her chances if she goes, and hopefully, obviously. Harry fiercely backed Altio for the uh, the champion chase, and he's not going now. So hopefully we don't get mugged off again. Thanks, mate. <laughs> that is <laughs> not no, no, no bet, though. I should say I was on Altio at prices where it wasn't no no bet. Uh, Harry Reynolds, your best bet on uh, day three of the Cheltenham Festival. I won the way it is. Min, tell your friends, Min, back to back. Yep. So uh, all, all all the non-racing fans are going to move the market, or e- everyone you know, <laughs> every man and his dog, uh, and they're going to miss Melon, who's going to finish in the top three. You're not napping without, a horse who's, who's, I doubt. who's won. You're not you're not napping Melon, who's, who's won three or twenty-one stars. Well, each yeah. way, each way, Melon. Oh, okay, I mean, each way nap. Right. Each way nap, Melon. With old adult. Uh, so yep. Uh, that was day three of the Cheltenham Festival. Previewed some uh, some big opinions, and uh, we're going to do it all again tomorrow. So, uh, Gold Cup day. Uh, enjoy the racing on day three, and we'll see you uh, tomorrow when we look at the big one, the Cheltenham Gold Cup, the final day of the festival. And uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see you then. Cheers. <laughs>